0: Welcome back to the Character Corner with your hosts Chris and Deepom here. We're here with another uh, small little bonus episode here. Uh, we've had some people ask us about uh, doing something for Pride Month. Um, and so we're going to put a little special bonus Character Corner together on some LGBTQ characters. And I guess moments and themes and, and, and some of the comics we're doing. Um, we're not going to really focus on like individual characters like we normally do with car- uh, Character Corners. Um, but we're going to kind of focus on some of the, the character moments, iconic LGBTQ moments and themes. Uh, It's definitely not going to be an exhaustive list. I want to put that out right now. And also let everybody know that Deepom and I are two black black men. So we are by no means experts on any of this shit. We'll try to point out some of the the problematic stuff and some of the stuff that we're going to mention as we can. Uh, But I know there will probably be people who are way better experts on this stuff than we are. But we were asked to kind of put some together, and so we're doing that. We're going to do the best we can. So I just had to get that little caveat out there so nobody uh, hops down our throats when we put this out there
1: um so we haven't talked about format so let's do this on the air yeah i've got some people i've got some things i want to talk about do you want and and i want to make this this caveat up front most of our lives are spent in big two comics chris and i are superhero comic fans um there are wonderful indie books and indie voices that have been championing these causes for years and And we're not going to talk about because i mean not, not from a place of we're excluding them but just a place of i don't think i've been read enough honestly
0: and I have something I'm going to mention just because I, I think that, you know, I, I feel, and we'll talk about this. I, I know, again, Deepom and I do not, have not done a talk on this one. We have not figured out how we're going to do that, which is why we're going to be discussing our format on air, and you'll see our, our process as we go about th- doing this. Um, but even with some of the stuff we mentioned, I know we'll be able to point out some things where, you know, sometimes a big two, while we love them, uh, they do things for marketing purposes. And and while it can still be an iconic moment and good moment and good thing, um, it's clearly sometimes not fully thought out, whereas on the independent scene um, the the inclusion and diversity is usually more baked in um, <clears throat> And you see it's just it's it's uh, you know the ability of, of of having you know more creator giving creators more control over their own work you're going to see uh, more you're going to see better representation in in that work you just you just are. And um, I think we mentioned that several times on here, and so I don't think that's any any um, anything different than the things we've said. So yeah, so we're definitely gonna. There's gonna be a lot of focus on the big two. I do have some stuff on 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 some of the uh, some some things outside of the big two. We'll bring those up, and um, but yeah, you want to start in DC? Um, yeah, we can start in DC. Do some stuff in DC. Okay. Um, I think that.
1: It's been interesting. So, one of the DC characters that I want to talk about is is one of the characters that they've they've said internally and externally has evolved into one of their big four, and that character is Harley Quinn. Um, um it's so funny, so Harley Quinn, did, we, I just want to say we did ahead. not talk
0: we did not talk about this, but I did put Harley Quinn on my list. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, it's
1: interesting because they've made a very big point since I want to say her solo series in two thousand eleven, and obviously prior to that was some of the um the Dini Gotham Girls one shots they made it very expl- like they made it they made it come more more than suggested about her relationship with uh Poison Ivy mm-hmm. and since 2011 when you started to the spotlight been bigger on her it's been a very concerted effort to make her move away from being the Joker's girlfriend in this horrible problematic violent relationship and now she's left him for this healthy adorable relationship with poison ivy that's carried through the bat books it's carried through other media they're very rarely depicted apart from each other in any other media or even like um like like merch they've, they've taken this relationship they've taken this character and said not only are you sexually fluid but we're going to make put you at the forefront of all of our marketing for the things that we want to be in the future the harley quinn being a big staple of the DC Universe isn't something I'm a 1000% on board with, but utilizing her in this way to ver- to to further their commitment to diversity, I am for.
0: Well, and and again, I think moving her away from the 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 very problematic relationship with the Joker and putting her in a relationship with 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 Ivy, I mean even in Tom King's book where remember when Ivy took over the world and <laughs> the Batman and Catwoman's way of stopping Ivy was to find Harley. And to get <laughs> Harley and to get Harley to talk to 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 Ivy, and basically on some, you know, I'm here now, you don't have to worry, you don't have to, you don't have to go through this alone, and I'm gonna get right. you help. You know, so, like, that kind of stuff, I, I think, you're right, I'm not sure about Harley Quinn being the staple of the of the, uh, the DC universe, but we also know why that happens, uh, and why they did right. it that way. Um, but in that respect, I think moving, it's one of those things where, you know, moving her from a problematic relationship to something that's a little bit more healthy, um, yeah, it, it works. It works wonderfully, and
1: it's a positive for the character. I don't know if you're up on Heroes in Crisis, but her relationship with Ivy is one of the driving pillars there. I just think that they've done a very good job in not just making it so often, and I'm not going to, and this isn't going to apply to a lot of people we're talking about today, but it's very easy. I think this was easier in, like, the 90s and 2000s. It's like, oh, look, the gay character. And it's Harley's acceptance and evolution has been a very good, in my eyes, step in the direction of saying, this isn't the defining trait of the character. It's just a quality of the character. It's one you're not going to ignore. It's one we are not going to shy away from, but it's also not going to be the focal point of their story. We're going to talk about some other DC characters later, in my opinion, that were supporting characters that I think were almost tokenized, used abruptly for certain me- for certain reasons. And that's not what you want either, but I think also we can look at the time these comics were written. Um, speaking of time the comics were written, Kate C- Kane. The existence of fucking Batwoman is amazing, because it's not just saying, oh, she's the gay bat character. It's saying her gayness is, is baked into not just like this thing that she does or she dates women. Her entire path to becoming Batwoman starts with her expulsion from the military for violating Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Mm-hmm. And it informs her story throughout everything that's mentioned with her, and then DC
0: dropped the ball. You remember this, Chris, right? Yeah, we when we did when we did the Batwoman uh, character corner. So if you guys want to know, we have we did a, we did do Batwoman in one of the character corners we did, um, and yeah, she proposes to her girlfriend. I think in issue 17, and then the creative team leaves after that because DC basically said that they're not going to let her get married because let <clears throat> me check my notes. It says um, superheroes <clears throat> can't be happy. <clears> hmm. <throat> <clears throat> Mind you, mind you. Uh, uh, T-Pom, um, is Superman married?
1: Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, yes, yes, yes.
0: Oh, hmm, Interesting. Uh, I, just real quick for my own my own knowledge here is um. Sure. Is, is Superman a DC character though?
1: I, well, I I'll have to check my notes. Okay. Yet. Yes, it appears that he is huh. owned wholly by the Warner Corporation and DC
0: Comics. Huh. Wait. Well, so surely he's the only only superhero that's married in the DC universe, then, right?
1: I, um, well, to be fair, these marriages don't go well. Mm. Wally's was a rage from time, as was Barry's. Um, Aquaman, I think... I, I actually don't follow Aquaman that closely. The Hawks are pretty uh, pretty star-crossed. And I'll say this. If they just said the Bats don't get to be happy, I'd have rocked with it, honestly. Right, I could have gone with that. I could have been, that. Gone been with some that. shit... Ass-covering nonsense, but I'm like, you're right. The so get to be happy,
0: <laughs> right? No, if you're in the Bat family, you do not. You get the word that symbol. You do not get to be happy. I don't give a fuck a what your sexuality is. Yeah, you do not get to. Be you can kick ass
1: here in like a grapple gun, but you cannot be happy.
0: Right. You don't get a. We don't. You know, there's no, there's no wedding ring in the, in, in the utility belt. All right. Like oh, Sharp, shark repellent. Yes. You, wedding ring. No. Um. No.
1: No. Definitely shark repellent though, because right. you, you never know. Well, no wedding ring, because you do. Know right. that mm, you can't be happy where that bat they right. may even shoot you in the head and make you call yourself Rick, right? You I guess. mean, and it, it, um, it, and it would
0: have it it, it been a, it, like you said, it would have been a shit excuse, but something you could at least attempt to make sense at. But the way right. they did it here again, like you said, it's like there's not a character that is baked into the character's existence, it's not a stunt, it's not a it, it's none of these things, it is literally the foundation as to why she wears the bat right and so to drop the ball that bad on that is i i'd also say it's also just typical dc though
1: <laughs> so. oh no that's and that's a great point that takes me to the next person i want to discuss because it talks about the levels of erasure that happen in dc comics when one room was introduced by william Moulton in the 40s it the bisexuality of Diana Prince is kind of baked in. Mm-hmm. She lived on a plant on a, on an island of all women. Then Greg Rucka comes out and confirms it in Comicocity interview a couple years ago. People went fucking nuts. It's insane to me. The same thing happened with uh, John Constantine. John Constantine was originally introduced in the eighties. He was outed in nineteen ninety two as bisexual.
0: Ever that, since then, yeah, it's we it's been woven in and out of his characterization. Well, I was gonna, I had I had John I had Constantine on on this list as well because i mean not just i i need i want to i want to go back and read uh and, and pick up some of the older uh constant like, yeah hellblazer stuff like that but I, I put them on the list as well because it's like then only do they do they do it in the comics but that's one of the characters that also transitioned into having his bisexuality on tv so they made that's him true. bisexual on tv and so i i appreciate that that's one of the ones where i will say i don't know at least making sure that see I- for me. So for me, it, it, because it's so inconsistent, it was so inconsistent in the nineties in the books. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Whether
1: it like whether it, ma- like it mattered to be mentioned or not. Oh yeah. That I have, I have, I have not great taste on out, But you're right. That's something I had overlooked in preparing for this. Is that he's his sexuality made the transition to large media, and that's a big deal. And and I,
0: right. and, I, and I think that that goes back into them using TV to kind of make. To make sure and 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 and, and bake it in a hundred percent now. So now you have to make sure when you're writing, you're writing Constantine, you have to do that now because it's on TV. If it happens on TV, <laughs> yo, we and and, and and it wasn't and it wasn't <laughs> subtle. Like the, the the whole bisexual thing with Constantine is not subtle. If you're watching Legend of Tomorrow, it is well, it's, it's not subtle in Wonder Woman either because
1: she makes those comments to um Chris Pine on the boat. Exactly. So. Like this, uh, the, I, I, that's one of the things that something I I brought these as parts of erasure because they kind of took under to the rug with the comics. But you're right, this is something that has transcended the four color, and but, I and but, I do appreciate that. But I, but but,
0: but to go back to what you were saying, uh, I agree with you on that. Like there, and, and and we're we're on DC right now. We'll do the same thing when we get to Marvel. Sometimes it's like oh for sure, the, there's a thing of you know when you're doing representation. I'll speak of this from this from me being a, a black person like. Having inclusion and diversity in in your comics is more than just saying, Oh, here's a gay person or hey, here's a black person. Like you have to stick with that. You have to that those to keep mattering. It has to keep mattering because those are parts of those individual people. Like it's like you know, Storm being a black woman and a mutant matters, you know? It it does. Being a black superhero in
1: either one of those you have problems, high Black Panther run.
0: Exactly. And so you have to have that stuff baked in. And so Yes, being gay, particularly in in comics written in the nineties, like they should have to deal with issues that came with being gay in the nineties, which was we there was a lot of I mean, we have homophobia now, it's never gone away, but uh it's almost I wanna say legal to be homophobic back then. You know, and so (laughs) like you need to you, you you can't be inconsistent with that. You can't just you know, have a character say, "Yeah, I'm gay," and then never care about it for years later. You know, it's it needs to be a consistent part of who they are, so, and 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 not in a not in a way that stereotypes it either. Right? It doesn't have right, to. Exactly. That doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be sexualized. Being being gay or bisexual or transgender doesn't mean you you need to be hypersexualized about that either. So there's that.
1: Well, there's a great example that I was again, guys. We don't prime these, but he just hit my transition like a motherfucking champ. Um, Apollo and Midnighter introduced in the late '90s, kind of the extreme uh, comics craze. It was done originally over an image. Uh, Midnighter's Batman, Apollo, Superman. Yeah, this is gay Apollo is the most powerful human being on the, being on the planet. Midnighter is the dark, brooding uh, uh, vengeance of the night, and they are in love, and they are together and it's so awesome because I read you read the first authority with uh, Warren Ellis you're like oh it's again like you said it's not tokenized it's not it's not it's not over sexualized it's just a facet of their characters what I really loved is that when Wildstorm got rolled into the DC universe they gave these two their own series they let them adopt a kid
0: mm-hmm.
1: like their relationship is they had a six issue miniseries in 2016 to the conclusion of their new 52 story yeah, like this is, and, and I also and they, and, and, and they and also rolled them in the full cloth of the DC universe, like Midnighters work with Nightwing.
0: Yeah, and and I'll say this, like because in, on on one hand there is a little erasure with that because they did erase the marriage when they went New Fifty Two, but the fact that they didn't <clears throat> release erase the relationship, I think. Is a big thing because didn't they we, get married again in the? I'm not, the mini? Sure. I, can't, I can't remember. They might have. They might have. Okay, so I, like, think, I, I think I think that was one of the big
1: things they were going to rebuild to the marriage because they felt and, like they wanted to get a payoff there.
0: Right, and and that, and that's fine, and and that, and that that's actually one of the good things because you know we've New Fifty Two erased a lot of things that didn't they didn't get fixed. So having that come through with these two who gay characters, I think matters. So yeah,
1: so there's one big gay character in DC who was I thought was a fumble recently and that was when they tried to do the earth to Alan Scott
0: mm, yeah
1: it was one of the ones where it felt and I hate saying this it felt like a stunt it felt like they did it to get the headlines and there's nothing wrong with that but if you're going to do that you've got to have a story strong enough to support it and because he was just one facet of this overcrowded uh story that earth2 was telling you didn't get to explore it mm-hmm
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I, Alan's got done as well as it's one of those, like, maybe not your best moments.
1: But what's cool is that sometimes the smaller characters at DC are handled better in this regard. Pied Piper's been out since 1991.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Harley Rathaway's been gay since 1991. That's another uh, sexuality that made a transition to the to the um
0: the screen. Yeah, to the TV. Yeah, you're right. And while
1: people say, well, I want more Pied Piper. Or, I think it's just as important to have supporting characters who speak to these voices and aren't the focus of the story, if that makes sense.
0: Well, it's It
1: makes the world feel more real if, if one of the many rogues who fucks with the Flash happens to also be a gay man and then has Fallout with the other rogues over it. And, not, and the thing is, not all of them, which is even cooler.
0: <laughs> right, right. Right,
1: like some of them are like, I don't give a shit. Does he do the job or not? And others are like, like Mirror Master has a serious problem with it,
0: and Cold doesn't like the Mirror Master's problem with it. Right, it's like here to do a job. The fucking doesn't matter. I mean, but no, you're you're right. I think that, and I actually do think this is something that the big two kind of need to work on as well. It's one thing to get the it's one thing to get the headlines with the big characters and having the mm-hmm. big characters there, but you're absolutely right. In order to make a world feel lived in. You need to have the world around them filled with that thing too. It's like, it, what does it matter if you did a Black Panther book, but you surrounded all the characters that he's around by white people, right? They've done that before, and I, I'm, I use that as an example for for a reason, right? You know, and so yeah, it's like I think you need to you 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 need to make sure that the world you're in looks like you said. I mean, I believe this is. Well, this is Marvel's thing. I believe it, it should be DC's as well. And I think DC does do it sometimes is put the world outside your window. Like, if you're going to be in New York City, you should see, you know, something that looks like New York City. And when you look around, when you walk around New York City, even though I, you know, outside of the trash bags, um, <laughs> I had <laughs> piles to, of the, the piles of garbage, disgusting, <laughs> it's Like. Oh
1: God! Like fucking, do something with
0: your garbage. All right. Outside Four years that, I was there.
1: I have all the right to speak. Whoever wants to imagine. I go the there. I, I
0: go there for a few days every year for New York Comic Con. It never fucking fails. I'm sorry. It just anyway. Um, but when you're when I'm walking through New York and I'm avoiding the trash bags, I see all kinds of people outside. Gay, straight, transgender, black, white. Doesn't matter. It's like that should be the world you should see. And so yeah, it makes sense that when you have a um. If you have a, uh, a, a you have a, a hero or a villain that they'd be surrounded by people that are also represent that are well. Unless they're like Captain Nazi, then it makes sense that they're all white straight men. So they'll tell on themselves. Yeah, they'll tell on themselves like that makes sense, right? But then, but then in that case, it should be everybody else, even the other villains, should be like, "Hey, dude, what the fuck." Yeah, we don't fuck with Captain Nazi because he's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> he's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that, dude.
1: Captain Nazi's strong as hell. I bring right, him you. Right, right, right. You do you. You do your job, damn it. Um, I do want to talk before we... I, and I apologize. I've just got a long list here. Before we get done with DC, I've got two more characters I want to bring up because I think they illustrate kind of the point I was making earlier. So the first one is... So for all of you who don't know, my favorite Green Lantern is Kyle Rayner. I grew up with Kyle Rayner. I grew up on those books. When Judd Winnick took over writing for Kyle, let me back up. Who is Judd Winnick? Judd Winnick, if anyone's old as me, remembers Judd Winnick from the San Francisco season of The Real World. It was all that season that Pedro Zamora admitted as a gay man that he had AIDS, and then later on, I think two years after the show aired, he died. Judd won an Eisner for a comic he wrote called My Friend Pedro about his battle with AIDS. And we want to become a very loud and out active advocate for um, homosexual, for, for, for gay rights. When Jud, Judd Winnick also wrote Under the Red Hood. So for those of you wondering, oh, what combo? Under the Red Hood, Judd Winnick. He also had a long run on Kyle's book. Atlantic. When he came to the book, he introduced a character in issue 129 by the name of Terry Berg. Kyle was a young artist in New York at the time, and his, Terry Berg was his assistant, given to him by Feast Magazine. Terry's gay, and for a lot of the run, it's interesting because Terry was like quietly jealous of Kyle and his girlfriend Jade at the time. You know what? Um, I this. Kyle never, about- Kyle didn't figure it out. Kyle didn't figure out that Terry was gay. That he had a crush on Kyle for the longest time until Jade told him. So it's interesting because. From that aspect, you get to watch this young man not only come to grips with his own sexuality, you get to see him come out. You get to see him; he and Kyle become closer become fr- better friends because of the honesty and openness. And it's all these things I really enjoyed and I thought was really cool. And then you see uh, Terry get a boyfriend and you're excited because his boyfriend, Terry, David's cool and he hangs out with Jade and all these superheroes. And then Kyle gets the powers of omniscience and he gives them up. He gives up the powers of ion. And the next night, Terry's gay Ash leaving a club. And a lot of people will say, oh, they just fridged Terry Bird. And I think that's a reductive reading of the character. Because Terry was around for so long, because Terry was so well built and so well carried, I see both sides of it. If you want to say that he was treated improperly and that this shouldn't have happened in the character, I agree. And that he shouldn't have used this character's pain to advance the story of the main character, I agree. Because it ends with Kyle losing faith in humanity and leaving the planet Earth. But I think that 1997, 1998, for 13-year-old Daniel Palmer, that was a story that mattered. It helped divine kind of my worldview. It really did. Like, this is one of those things that, as I'm studying for this book, I'm like, oh, these are these are issues that actually touched me. And from the Terry, I want to now go to another supporting character introduced in the DC and EV2 era. Batgirl was written by Gail Simone and she has a roommate named Alyssa. And eventually Alyssa says, I'm transgender. And it's interesting because now Barbara Gordon's best friend is this transgender woman who doesn't know she's Batgirl. And it's played just completely normal because Gail Simmons is one of those writers who who does it that way. And they don't fringe Alyssa. And we do get a transgender wedding in a comic book in, uh, back over 45. And so there's, I, I brought these two supporting characters up because not because the only gay supporting character is DC, but the two that really, for me, as a cis hetero man, stand out that still move me to this day.
0: Oh Well, also about to what you were saying before about needing to have not just your main characters but also your side characters as well you know that matters like having you know Batgirl have a roommate and best friend who's transgender who's a, who's a trans woman matters right you know and, and it's an important thing and that's how, how all of this stuff should work and again like you said makes the world feel lived in makes the world feel real and if you want to have true inclusion and diversity that's what you do right you can't just and I know we use the term fridge for like when you you know you're killing you know, killing these, these characters and, and using them as a to uh, promote uh, the main character but you can't also can't box people in into their boxes and then have oh well this person's a trans woman, so you can only deal with this and only do this and you can't have her interact with this person over here It's like no that's not how the, that's not how the world works right and so and of comics to me I look at comics like I look at sci-fi right sci-fi. I do even go back, um, Star Trek. Star Trek does things like having the first interracial kiss, having the first lesbian kiss. Uh, I've always looked at, um, D space nine with, um, um, the Trill and, and Juxia and her basically almost being transgender almost because like the, the, the host body can be male, male or a or, or woman doesn't matter. It's, they're everyone right it's it's always different, so having these right. things and and these things are always part of part of Star Trek and so I view comics the same way it's like they might not always get it right, but they're usually miles ahead of any other medium that we're we're looking at and and I view comics just like I do sci fi and seeing them taking what what which sh- the world should be and and trying to present us in in that way and so I think having a side character, just as important as having main characters that are, that fit into these categories as well. Yeah.
1: 100%. 100%. Um, but I, I wanted to... not put a spotlight on those two characters, because it's something that I, I personally resonated with me. Um, you want to go Marvel?
0: Yeah, let's go to Marvel.
1: Let's go to Marvel. Um, so... What's interesting is if you show down like the, the ranking of the first out openly gay superhero, you run into North Star.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Alpha Flight 106, North Star discovers an abandoned baby girl who was born with AIDS who dies weeks later that makes him come out as gay. This is in 1990. This is a big deal. Uh, later payoff and North Star was never become a super prominent character but I thought that making explicit the cross section of mutancy and uh, homosexuality was was a, a good step forward for Marvel at the time we eventually would get the first gay wedding in comics I believe it was 2011
0: um, hold on I have it down here it was I don't know that might have been 2006 it's whenever a gay marriage was legalized in in New York so okay. I guess it maybe yeah. was 2011. Well, well and, and I just think that it was, it's, it's, I think it,
1: that his inclusion as an out mutant was very important because it made explicit what, what, what had been kind of understood in the past that mutancy was more of a, a um an allegory for anything that makes you different or separate. But there's actually a super villain that predates North star. Mystique and Destiny were lovers. Yeah. When they first met, Mystique was wearing the face of a man. Mm -hmm. She's a shame shifter. But go back and read those Claremont books, which I'm doing right now because we have a wonderful podcast called Character Corner that allows me to read comic books as Mm -hmm. part of my job. But they're very... It's it's not a hidden thing.
0: Yeah, not at all.
1: It's very explicit, very early on. And I think that as you mentioned earlier, is having Marvel will re- kind of reflect the world out your window allowed them to come to this place sooner. And not better or worse. I'm not saying this is not a Marvel CC thing. This is just me saying that I think that their insistence to collect these things, to to, to reflect these things, excuse me, allowed it to be more resonant. But even there. They were slow to fully integrate these characters into like their mainline comic books.
0: Well, yeah, even with North star, it took a while to get to the point of him being able to come out and say that he's gay. And then even after that, didn't really do much with it afterwards. So it's like, you know, it, it, there, there is, um, they get credit for, for, for doing it at the same time. It's like, there's there's a difference between doing something and then fully integrating that stuff, right? It's like mm-hmm. when you when you, mm-hmm. when you when you when you when the Civil Rights Act was passed, it was like, okay, segregation is no longer legal, <laughs> right? But you know, people found some ways around that, or you know, you know, we're they gonna the, do. we're gonna we're gonna free the slaves, but you niggas right here really aren't that free, you know? It's it's that kind of thing, and I'm not saying that it, that they were, it was done with bad intentions. And again, when you look back at the time, again, you know what was it uh he come he he comes out in things alpha flight 18 alpha flight 1 yeah in, in 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 1992 right so right. it's like that's that again for that time period you can look at that time period and say you know what that actually is an iconic and, and, and serious moment but then we also can say okay but there were still a lot of things that we could have done better with it so
1: yeah but you got and, to get, and get the cool is I think that Post 90s, post restructuring of Marvel, really, they did do better.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You got, I mean, we talk about the list of uh, Wicked and, and Hulkling. Yes. Young Avengers won.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Coming out the gate. You know?
1: Like, and it's not just like, oh, it's a teen book. It's a book with the word Avengers in the title. It's got the guy who wrote. um... The OC on 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 scripts and it's got Jim Chung on art. Like this is a big deal for Marvel. And the first issue is these two out kids. Mm-hmm. It makes Wiccan change his name, which is such a dumb joke. But I'm so glad they made it in the comic. Because <laughs> when Wiccan first arrives in the scene, he's calling himself Asgardian, and as they figure out that he's gay, he's like, "You, you want to change your name?" <laughs> but Patriot's like, it's "Just change the name, just." To change that, but I, I also love that their relationship throughout Avengers Academy, throughout Um, Last Stand, throughout everything that they've done, to put these characters through, it's been so strong. They found out that Teddy is the half Captain Marvel son, half Scroll, destined to unify these two races, savior. So they've got bigger things to deal with than the fact that oh they're gay, their parents are they're gay, their friends are they're gay. It's I like their story because it's devoid of the like prototypical angst around it. You
0: know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, no. They they that's a really good one and a really good relationship right there. The way they, they handle handle and they're like you said they're constantly around. Constantly, constantly. constantly. They're not they're not characters that just kind of get forgotten about and thrown away. Um, they're they were in the middle of a civil war, you know, so it's like they're you know Hawkeye was, so it's like they they are part of this. Oh, for sure, yeah, they're
1: they're falling to everything. It's 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 one of my favorite romances in comics. Period. Like as I was sitting back doing the reading for this, I was like, wow, that's a great fucking story. Mm-hmm. It's so consistent and well written, and obviously loving. And then there are other times when like America has. Mary Chavez is one of the coolest characters you've probably never heard of if you're not a deep comic fan because she hasn't gotten the spotlight yet. We're seeing that change with some of the new animated offerings designed to go for television for children. But America Chavez is a um Latinx woman who can literally punch holes in the universe and just happens to be super gay
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that's one of the things I've liked about like I don't know if you read West Coast Avengers, the gender and sexual fluidity there. it's just it's just baked in. It's Kelly Thompson. It's just not something you even think about anymore. It's just something that she's having to write it. No var being bisexual, but the, the, the latest Captain Marvel, he's bisexual as well. Of course, he's, he's an alien. Like, it's um a Richter and Shatterstar. So for those who don't know the story about Richter and Shatterstar, for years there was kind of like insinuations in the X-Force comic, but then they were taken when certain writers would leave and certain creators would have bigger voices, Rob Liefeld.
0: Um, so, so, so before we go forward, uh, that's the thing I love about this because Shatterstar was created partly created by uh Rob Lief- Liefeld, right? And again, this is back in the this is this is back in the Rob Liefeld era of comics. So this is big muscles, big 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 guns, big shoulder pads. Lots of patches. Yep, yeah, lots of patches, small feet. Um or no feet. <laughs> <laughs> I need you. So, good. so so to have a character like this and then you get the nuance and the loving relationship between him and Richter. It's like, take a character that started from that, that point of view, from that hyper-masculinity point of view of, of almost being toxic, of just like the guy, like you got, and again, you guys, you, you, you know Rob Liefeld's work. You've seen it. You know how it looks. You know what I mean when I'm saying this. So to go from that to taking that kind of character and letting that character be gay, I think it matters.
1: For sure, for sure, it matters.
0: Just, like
1: you said, Shadowshar was one of those signs of kind of nineties hyper masculinity, and the writers were like, nah, we're off that." And what you got was in Peter David's X Factor a very sweet story of Richter coming to terms with who he actually is, and Shadowshar being this like super comfortable alien who's like, "I fucking don't get moves." Like it's it's <laughs> and watching them build and then finding out like the lineage of Shadowshar, It's again. It's not a defining characteristic. It's not that. That's not the story. The being gay isn't the story. The story happens around it, and it happens to include gay characters, and that's one of the cooler things I think about that relationship. But again, like I said, hits and misses. Right? There have been misses at Marvel.
0: <laughs> Put it lightly.
1: The biggest, most
0: recent, most glaring miss to me remains how they handled Iceman. I. I knew it. I did, That's why I didn't put it on the list. I knew you were going to bring that up. and how you He's one it. of my
1: favorite characters of all time. And this is not the rant you think you're going to get. You think you're going to get the shouldn't have made him gay rant. That's not that rant.
0: It's you, the way they had him. Hell, way you they watched, you're it. reading
1: Bobby books. This all makes perfect fucking sense. Right. What I didn't like was the way it happened. The way they outed him, yeah. They didn't out him. Her name's Jean Grey. Yeah. They have her read his mind. And I get the business was wrapping up his running. he needed to fast forward some shit and he was leaving for DC and he almost died. I get all of these things intellectually. Man, I wish they'd done it better. Because the books we've gotten out of it have been pretty fucking good. You've gotten to see both young Bobby and older Bobby coming to grips with this newly discovered aspect of themselves. It was so interesting that old Bobby was like, when when young Bobby calls him out, he's like, how do you have your shit together more than I do? <laughs> and it's so cool to watch these time travel versions of themselves. Like Bobby, like watching adult Bobby come to grips with like the fact that teenage Bobby had been forcibly outed by Gene. Like they have a very he's like, I gotta talk to Gene about fucking boundaries. But she's right. Like I'm here now. Like this is this is what's happening. And he says that if I'm gay, you know, that also means and adult bobby's like, God damn it, man, why couldn't you just go home?
0: <laughs> well, and I'll say this. I I think that's one of the ones where the, the outing was handled poorly but the way it the, the the things that came out of it afterwards have been done better like his own individual book and having a care to come to grips in terms with his own sexuality i think they kind of helped clean it up and i think that's you know even with some of the misses i think this is where this is where comics aren't finite and this goes for both marvel and dc if something is handled poorly when it first in inception, you can come back later and fix it up. We talked about this with how Chris Claremont cleaned up the stuff with Carol Danvers, you know, after the rape of Carol Danvers. So it's like comics are, have a way of evolving and going back and fixing mistakes that, that previous creators made or adjusting to times and saying, Hey, at the time we thought this, and this doesn't count for the Bobby thing. Cause this is literally like what, four or five years ago. So it doesn't count for that. Right. But like, for some of the older stuff, like the North Star stuff and things like that, it's like, oh, well, we thought that this time this is enough, but we look back at it it was like, no, actually, that wasn't enough. That was just scratching the surface. Let's go and, let's go and fill in more details. Let's go and fill in more gaps and fill in more things to um, fully flesh out this character in this, in this moment and what it means to be who this character is. So that's one thing I do love about comics is about the, the ability to continue on. Oh, for sure! It's the ability
1: to, to, to push and advance and and make things matter and make things more prevalent. Um, Victoria Hand, who is this? Who is Norman Osborn's second when Hammer was running things? Who ended up becoming a liaison to the Avengers? She's gay. You'd never like. It's one of those things that comes. It came up in her origin, I think, twice, but they never focus on it. And and while you're right, I think that maybe it should be more of the spotlight, but also she's a supporting character in a team book. She's not going to have room to breathe, but it's nice that we know these things about her. You know what I'm saying?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, let's go outside the big two for a second. Uh, big stories that were made a couple of recent years. I'm just taking quick notes for myself. Kevin Keller, when he came out, when um, they introduced the gay character in Archie, everyone thought it was the end of the goddamn world. Shocking. Archie still pervade, still survived, and is on the CW. And if you're not watching Riverdale, he's gay in the show, too. But also, it's the most batshit crazy show you've ever seen. <laughs> like, I, I I, don't talk about it in public just because I, don't, I whatever. Some things are just mine. But it's insane. And if you like crazy things, just sit down for an hour with the Riverdale episode. The last season ended with them being chased through the woods by two psychopathic killers who were employed by one of the character's mothers playing a game. It's insane. It's insane, Chris. It's, it's batshit insane. This is my 20 seconds talking talk about Riverdale. Um, also, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about my favorite comic book of all time.
0: I, I had to put him I put there. I was like, I don't even know why I'm putting it on the list. I know he's going to mention this. It's, it's whatever. So I'm sorry.
1: For a race of transforming robots that technically has no sex, there is so much LGBTQ running through more than meets the eye.
0: Oh, it's, 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 it's funny because well, you say there's no sex, but they definitely do
1: distinguish. They, they do sex later. They right. do sex. Uh, they identify. Well, okay, so that's something else that happens in the in the books. Go ahead and say what you're going to say because I'm what? now I'm just ranting.
0: Well, I was going to I was going to say that they do at least identify male and female forms at some point. So that the reader, maybe not in the mm-hmm. book, but the reader can identify, all oh, that's male characters, female characters. I believe at one point even so, was it Lost Light that they had the transgender character that changes from yes, the male yes. form to I can't so, which, so, which character was so that?
1: at one point are the mainline transformers realize that there's other colonies out there and that some of those colonies identify themselves as female based on their interactions with biological organisms. So, like, like, at one point, the Transformer comes back It's like, who's that? That's our, That's, that's uh, Chromia. Oh, what's his name? What, what's his name? That's Chromia. She's a she. We have she's now? Yep, yeah, she's a she. And so, while the relationship between, like, Chromdom um, Rewind, which literally brings me to tears, or Tailgate and Cyclonus, you're right. There are characters in Lost Light who decide, one day, I felt more comfortable in a female base chassis and being called a she. And that's okay. And it's one of those things that when I tell people that Transformers, especially the IDW late run stuff, is just high-minded sci-fi. Science fiction is designed to reflect the world around you while shipping away some of those prejudices that are inherent to make you identify things better and understand them better. Well, that's- Them doing this in more than meets the fucking eye and lost light is a big deal. Hasbro is, owns a lot of my money as I'm staring <laughs> at my Transformers shelf from my desk. But they own Transformers. They had to say okay to doing this.
0: Yeah, no, and, th- and I think that's why it stood out to me, and it goes back to what you were saying about how, you know, we, some of the, when we get outside of the big two, it's like, it's so naturally baked in to the, the conversations here. Like, the, the Cyclonus Tailgate one takes a long time to develop. But it's, it's the whole that, series. Because the real issue
1: is him beating him the shit at tailgate.
0: Right. <laughs> you know? And so it's such a it, and, it, and it's such a loving, caring relationship. Like you said, the chrome dome rewind thing is just heartbreaking. And then you can think of the <laughs> character, and, and like it all fits in and it all matters. And you tend to forget yourself you're reading comics about giant robots in the middle of an after effects of a war, right? It's just like, I mean, if you had told me But then again it makes sense because this is a this is a, this is a story that ends up making me feel like Space Hitler became a fucking hero. So it's like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, but yeah, it's it's so naturally baked into the stories here, and it's done so well. It, it's done so well, and it also it's done so natural. I don't know what the word to say. It's like, you know, the Cyclones and Tailgate relationship doesn't feel cheap. And like you said, it feels like it's the story. It's always been the story. You're rooting for it because, of course, you know, when Tailgate locks them, it gets locked in that chamber underneath, or no, when they're on the planet and you think that Tailgate's going to disappear because all of them are, all their, the, mm. the loved ones are are, are are like ghosts or their memories or something like that, and he doesn't disappear? Like, what the fuck just happened? Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is you're, you're fucking killing me. I think that was like, well, it's like number 18 or something like that. It's like it's, it's fucking crazy like you feel you feel for these characters and right. it feels real and it doesn't matter and to me that's that's when representation matters is when you right. can make you know an lgbtq relationship or character feel no no different than the other characters even though their experiences might be different right it's like it just it, it feels good and the way they handle that in in uh the way James J. Robert handled that in um more than meets eye in Lost Light was just fantastic. Hmm.
1: Yeah, it's, it's so interesting because it's almost like James Roberts had more freedom to do it because the book was about robots.
0: I kind of feel like nobody, some people, it, it went over some people's heads until it was too late. You, know, it,
1: it, you say that, but also like it's winning Eisner's from the jump off the strength of this shit.
0: Well, I don't think I don't I, but even with some of the I don't think some people re- I, I don't think some people realize what some of the stuff was. It, you gotta be honest, though. They like, I those are in well, those, those, those are those, oh, yeah, true. Those, those are those also <laughs> very yeah, you're right. You're right, it wasn't. So <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be there. They're trying to find a way for really people not know. Um, here's one No, that's and
1: that's the thing I, I, I love about like I read this series I think twice now. James Roberts from the jump is like, this is what we're doing. If you're here for fight, you'll get them eventually. This is some Claremont X-Men shit. This is about people.
0: Well, it makes sense also because, like you said, for the most part, it's giant robots. So really, what are genders to giant robots? (laughs) You know? Until
1: until you watch them discover them in story.
0: Right. And then you're like, oh, but then even then you're still like, but does it really matter at that point? So when they... It doesn't. And that's the thing is,
1: (laughs) it's so cool. Like I guess at the end of uh, More Than BCI, when they all think they're going to die... They have the Context Endura and, and Conject, like the different levels of friendship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, do you guys have what's called like a Context Endura is, is, is a lover, is, a, is someone in a relationship with. Context uh, Amica is like one of your best friends. Like, watching watching James Roberts literally invent this shit on the page. Like, this isn't something he pulled <laughs> from deeper Transformers Mythos. He invented all of this. Mm-hmm. And it adds to the tapestry, man. It, my Transformers knowledge and, and love and passion is not deadened by the expansion of it no it's more tangible it's more real it's something i can hand to someone and say here trust me the story matters and i have friends who read the uh nodes um transgender story like wow that's a transformers comic
0: yeah 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 it's crazy um <laughs> no, no, i'm it's, so glad you, so- you to read it yeah yeah no i am i'm glad you, you made me read it um some of the ones that i just personally that i've read and I, I gotta throw this out there um i just want to thought the entire saga series just because the mm-hmm. way that they deal with love and who you love and how you love i think it's it's basically the part of the story that's being told here and so you have obviously different species different genders you have ch- you have some transgender characters you have you have uh characters exploring their sexuality um, you have you know uh, straight male per se characters with transgender uh, characters like it's, it's 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 things they put in there and again it it's um it's something that I don't think you could ever do on one of the big two. Hmm. So, um, and I think not that, today, not today. Well, I am yeah, maybe sometime in the future, ten years or twenty years from now, maybe. But even then, but I like. Think, I, I, like- i i, I don't say know. that like
1: i see that i think it's fascinating and maybe i'm being super hopeful because it's pride month and like i'm i'm kind of writing why we have hope right now and anthony davis is free of the pelicans so anything is possible <laughs> um i think it's interesting because you look at like the the loud and ugly vitriol even around something like um jane foster's store, but then you look at the sales like if anything from a greed perspective Inclusion sells.
0: Well, and that's a weird thing, right? You would think that as long as it's quality and as long as you you back it, you're gonna get you're gonna get the sales there. I I think that creator own is always gonna be above just because it's just an, it's just the way that, the, the way it works. You don't have to yeah. go through the the hoops you got to go through to get the sign off to do the work. You can just do your book, and they're like, all right. Go and do it. I mean, um, one thing I didn't mention before it went downhill because I think it was the artist was a uh, woman beater. Um, was it rat queens? Like there was a bunch mm-hmm. of bunch of little books out there that had that when it comes to uh, representation across all spectrums, um, they run circles around the big two. And again, it's because of you don't have to you don't you don't have the same level of scrutiny that you have to. Love to, to get to get these things out, and you can, and the, and the creators can tell the stories that they want to tell, um, and it also gives more, it gives it gives more um, opportunities for stories being told by members of that community. So you get more members of the LGBTQ community writing stories about themselves and people that are like them on their own. And when you do it that way, you're going to get those stories. Like as much as we love DC and Marvel, they're still white male dominated. You know, groups. There, there's changing. It's changing, yeah. and I think the the faster and more it changes, the more we'll see the leveling off of these the, these things. But, um, yeah, that's that's just why though that those are gonna be there. So, um, yeah. You got anything else you wanna you wanna throw any other characters or moments you wanna throw out there? Touch
1: on. I I, I if we missed your favorite character, I apologize because we could do this all day. Not in the Captain America sense, but like we didn't talk about Alkala. We didn't talk about Jackson Hyde. We didn't talk about a lot of characters who are part of this growing diaspora. And I think that's almost a good sign because if we could sit for an hour and talk to you about all the gay characters in the big two, that'd be fucking troubling.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, and also I'm not going to lie from a, from a, from a uh, content point of view, uh, there's a pride month next year. (laughs) <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you got to you gotta, you gotta keep some of the best. I mean, I'm, 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 shit I'm like not. am not. I'm not going to. I'm not going lie to the folks. All right, it's like you guys are going to want us to do this again next year. So, uh, we got to leave some stuff. And no, but seriously, you know, you know, there it's getting better. And I think the stories around because it's one thing to list off the the, the characters. So another than that, list out the characters and then have the books also do the characters justice, right? And I'm hoping that when we come back next year and we're doing this, we'll be actually able to pick up a few characters and go to Maybe they'll be written by, you know, uh, someone in the LGBTQ community and they'll have a longer running book and they'll have a really great story that we can really dive into and go from and and, and do that. So that's my hope. My hope is that, you know, we're seeing it get better. I would like to nominate um the Iceman,
1: one of those Iceman minis for a uh, comic book club.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've talked about that a lot. And so I've heard good things about that. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um so because yeah, 'cause didn't it re- didn't it win an award? I thought it did. It won I think it was and it was
1: up for an ice, I don't know if it won or not. Yeah.
0: So um but yeah, so I again I think there's there are these characters out there. I think it's it's getting it's getting easier to find them um versus when if we did this 10 years ago we'd be struggling. So, um I think that this is is moving in the right direction. And right. I think this is one of those things that, you know, there's been a big discussion about companies, you know, latching on to Pride Month and commercializing Pride Month. To me, my thing is this. If you're going to commercialize Pride and and stuff like that, then you need to walk the walk and talk the talk. You got to actually put the not just the characters, on, it's one thing to put the characters on there, but then you also got to try to find the talent to write the characters. And it's I'm not gonna lie. It it is. I I I honestly do believe that um, if you are a good writer, then you should be able to write characters, even if they're beyond uh, your narrow worldview. You should be able to write like white white writers should be able to write good black characters. You know, straight writers should be able to write good LGBTQ characters. I, I fully believe that that also needs to happen. At the same time you can help that you can help those other writers learn how to do that by bringing in lgbtq care uh That's writers and authors and, and writers and, and and artists right because it could of helps like right. if if you've never seen like look at art from a point of view as a black person like if you've never seen black people drawn right and you start you're in by a black person then you're gonna keep drawing them the way you think that they should be drawn, and never have that good reference point. When you start bringing in a black artist, like this, is what you start seeing, right? Start bringing in black artists drawing black people. Then all of a sudden, artists are like, oh shit, I've been drawing black people all wrong all my life. Let me change that. Right. You know, same thing with writing. It's like I thought the way I write. Could you see this a lot of times? There'll be a story. It comes out like with Kate Kane, or you know, even with Apollo at Midnighter. You know, we've seen some people have some issues with some of the stuff that happens there. It's like. People come in and be like, I like it for the representation, but this piece here, you dropped the ball on. And whether that came from editors have not having an understanding or the writers themselves not understanding, because they don't live that, when you don't have somebody there who can at the very least go, you should do that. So maybe it's not just the writers and the artists, maybe it's also having the editors there as well. They can basically be like, yeah, they wouldn't say that. No, they wouldn't do that. Or hey... This looks bad. Have you thought about how you're going to do it this way? You know, is that kind of stuff. I know that came up with um, Richter and Shatterstar when they broke them up, and people were like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> you broke up Richter and Shatterstar for having together. What are we going to do?" And I think it was our Rosenberg came out and was like, "No, no, we're going to we're going to we're still telling that story. So just hold on, we're still telling the story. They're still going to be around, and we'll see what goes on from there. And I think that's when when you're dealing with people that are underrepresented, you're going to have a lot of you're going to have to answer those kind of questions because you haven't earned that trust. And so you know, we're getting better. We're getting there. So, hope and, and I think it's
1: important also to know that sometimes those voices don't. The people who are represented does in the best in their own voice. As I look at the Falcon series from last year, you dirty sons of bitches.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes, I, mm, yeah. Sometimes, I also think that
1: as as these char- as these companies, these characters walk down the road, there's going to be stumbles. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, hundred percent. It's Part of walking, but yeah. like, like, I think that we've got to let. And when people get it wrong, we're to allow them to say, I got it wrong. Well, but if they don't, fuck them,
0: yeah. obviously. Well, and on, the, the, that Falcon book is a good example, right? It's a good example of when we were like, this is where you should have had a black editor. Because then that editor, between the Falcon book and what was that other book? Oh, the one that the Inhuman character they created. Um, oh, You know what fucks. I'm talking about. The one that turned... T- 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 Oh, God, what was Shift it? Shift or some shit? Oh, yeah, It was so terrible. Oh, my God. What am I... But yo, these are black voices written by black people, written so badly. Right. And 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 I think the reason... And as a black person, I'm reading this going like, they were so bad. I was like, is it is it a white person writing this? Then you find it's a black person like, oh, I know what happened here. You had a black person writing. You had a white editor. And the white editor didn't want to say, that's terrible. Do it again. And so this is where you need to have the diversity. Beyond just having the, the behind behind the writer and the in and, and the artist, you need to have the editor there. And even then it still might be wrong. So it's so and it's okay. We just gotta fix it later on. So this was, was it, it wasn't Ozark, it was something like that. What the fuck? Was that terrible ass, oh new black oh god. It was so bad, Chris. It was god so i really it was, mad you brought it up, honestly. It was so bad, but I had to. I had he to. He was such an
1: integral part of Secret Empire, too. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying to see.
1: God, and then he went away and was never heard from again. Never the heard. The proper heard from ending of that character.
0: Right. <laughs> and then he never heard from again.
1: That's this, bad I Chris, I can pull out comics from the 80s off the top of my head. I can't think about the. I don't know the name of this book I read last year.
0: Right. I don't know. What was hold on, it? I'm looking at this up right I'm now. looking at it right now. I can't remember. I just. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: it was so bad. Was hold so- on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Ulysses, mosaic, my nigga, that shit was terrible. I was almost like, you shouldn't let niggas wreck comedy. I was like, look, man.
0: Yo, apparently we can't be doing too- it. Yo, yo, I'm not gonna lie, that book was so bad. It it made you for like 30 seconds go, maybe CalMus Gators have a point, yo. <laughs> Just made me- Yo, I was racist as hell. Wait, black people, black superheroes? Nah, we don't need that shit. Oh god. Oh, not man. my Captain America, goddamn it! Oh, God. I was mad, yo. Know, between that, between that, and the, Fal- the Falcon book was so bad. When he dropped them, Beyonce, And he, he to them- to us. When we tell you, don't all
1: skin folk ain't always kin folk. We are warning you about those two books. <laughs> I was supporting this black ass art. No, the fuck, I'm not. Like, I, I was out on mosaic. I stayed in mosaic for the entire run. Everyone left but me. Oh, oh you, wait, left. you read the whole run? I've read every issue of Mosaic. Oh, no, Everyone will fit
0: me. No, sir. I was I was out at the four issues. I,
1: I'll tell you what, though. Actually, I didn't pick up Falcon. Actually, no. I no, heard what I'm, y'all said. No. Like, I'm like, I refuse to start giving my money and then not be able to stop.
0: Actually, I was wrong. I did one issue of Mosaic. I bought four issues. I bought one. Read one. I was cause like, cause you were no. like, nah,
1: nigga. I was like, just read them. I was I didn't want to suffer alone, dog.
0: <laughs> like... Missouri World's company is a cliche, but it's also true as fuck. I got three more issues of a mosaic that I've never read that I bought for. I can't send those. Come
1: on in, bro. Come on in. Finish it up. He completes.
0: I couldn't finish. In the same the the falcon book, the falcon book. I think it was a like his when his sidekick uh patriot uh, dropped like whether it be Beyonce or something like that. I was like, who is writing this dialogue? I can't do this, and right.
1: Black and the ace of spades.
0: You're like, wait a second. And 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 the motherfuckers that were complaining about Nick Spencer were ghosts all of a sudden. I was, like, I was like, where'd y'all go? Oh, damn it. So you mean to tell me you guys liked him better when he was Captain America and written by Nick Spencer? Huh, interesting. Interesting. Weird. 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 Anyway, um, all right, folks, <laughs> that's been enough for this bonus episode. <laughs> we will we'll be back. Yeah, we <laughs> will be back soon. Um. We'll be back soon to, 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 to talk uh, about uh, Chris Claremont. We're going to be back for Chris Claremont, Ron. Oh. I've got to figure out how many issues we're doing for that. What's
1: up? Speaking of that, I was actually on Jeff vs. the World podcast talking about Dark Phoenix, a movie I didn't see. But those three idiots did, and I made fun of them the entire time for doing so.
0: A smart man. Smart man. Smart man. All right, folks. We are out of here. Thank you very much. Make sure you subscribe. Character to Corner on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get to your podcasts at. We're always there. So uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Until next time, we're out of here. Peace.